Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens defeated the 49ers in very convincing fashion at San Francisco in prime time. A Christmas miracle, some would say. I don't know. That was the only thing I really wanted from the day, and it was a success. How would you guys feel after that big win, 33 to 4? 19 33 to 19 14 point differential <laughs> yeah man uh great christmas present obviously uh as a fan that was amazing to watch um just uh incredible performance both sides of the ball particularly defense um it's amazing to watch so many impact plays so many turnovers um yeah especially going into it um obviously we'll talk about it but there was a lot of uh you know a lot of hype for the niners i think they're just a larger market team and you know when they play really well i think uh you know a lot of people want to talk about them and uh you know they're still a great team even kind of looking at it too like all their skill position players like they all feasted in certain aspects but the ravens really made them pay when it counted and with all the turnovers i think just really um you know deflated them uh and you know they, they couldn't just put up points so um it was really cool as a fan uh just being really excited for the team to get a win on Christmas over a really great 49ers team. So I'm uh, I'm super psyched. It was hard to go to sleep last night. It felt like it was Christmas Eve waiting for presents. <laughs> uh, but then I had to realize it's actually Christmas Day. It's over. <laughs> Santa already came. He delivered. Uh, he delivered a presents and a Ravens victory. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to echo pretty much everything. I, I think it was like 2.30 and I was like, uh, I think I need to go to sleep. I... I probably should. I got work in the morning, but I uh, found it difficult. And, um, you know, as for the game, super, super happy. Um, that game probably went about as good as it could go. And, uh, yeah, I think this will carry us into uh, hopefully the Miami game and and into much bigger things. For sure. I will say the uh, impact on me, Kfish, is that this is the game that broke my, uh, I don't know, outlook on the season almost it i i'm still like all right it's december we gotta stay healthy we gotta keep stacking we gotta get a win next week you know all that good stuff but i'm like dang dude like maybe this team really can just beat anybody like i always believe that they can win i always like you know choose them to win except for like literally this week right so now my streak's broken if i choose them to lose it means nothing um so it's like i always choose them to win because i always thought they were a well-built team game plan well can beat anybody on any given Sunday. And 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 now it's like a lot of people think that. Vegas thinks that, you know? Like it's 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 changing my view a little bit and, and I'm like getting really excited about what the season could be, but I also really love the maturity of this team to they don't care, you know? They don't I, I actually almost find it interesting too, like the whole MVP conversation, like they're starting to lean into it, you know, Harbaugh has like said the the words out loud, etc. But, uh, you know, at the same time, like the star of the show, Lamar doesn't seem to care. You know, he wants to just get to February. And uh, I love that goal. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I feel like I didn't really uh, know much about the narrative going into the game. Obviously, like, you know, knowing the like the Niners are a really good team and it, it, like it sounded like everybody was really high on them. And like, I understand that. But like, I didn't know to the extent that the team knew some of the uh discourse i think um around some of the predictions going into the game um it was funny i feel like lamar's post-game comments about uh florio's comments about how the ravens were gonna get steamrolled by the niners um i I was surprised he responded um, 
And, you know, he gave a, a really thoughtful response around just like, you know, hey, like, you know, it's not cool to disrespect us. Like, you know, we're professionals here and, you know, we can play ball. We're 11 and three. We're a really good team. You know, why are you like saying we're going to get rolled over? Um, but uh, but even Marlo, I think I, I think he mentioned something like they played them in team meetings. Now, whether that was actually true or not, I'm not sure. But um, I think the point is, is that the team, uh, you know, definitely acknowledges that they were the underdog and they really... Uh, really leaned into that and uh you know it's interesting where it's going to go from here because now you know when you beat the champ you're the champ now so um it's going to be interesting how the uh that mentality uh continues to uh you know evolve and players are going to keep focused uh because right now like they're top dog right they are no longer the underdogs <laughs> they have beaten everybody and uh you know it's going to be especially important going into next week with miami because that's the uh, you know that'll decide the number one seed uh, for the AFC and whether they get that first round by that uh, that I assume that they're looking for. Yeah, the the narratives have been kind of wild. Even I would say that it's gone back a couple weeks now. I know uh, they were running one episode of on first take of is the bill are the Bills the the scariest team to see in the playoffs and that was like two or three weeks ago, um, and. You know, the Ravens have kind of been doubted this whole time, and it just kind of bubbled up to this game. And, uh, you know, you kind of see what that, that does. Um, you know, kind of love this team. They they just kept grinding. I mean, I, I think after all the talk about, you know, the media stuff, the flo- uh, uh, Florio, um, Soundbite, and all that is all fun to talk about because we, we stopped the, the 49ers. But, uh, you know, funny enough, I was watching uh, some of ESPN, First Take, uh, the Pat McCaffrey show um, this morning just to kind of see if, if stuff changed. And not all of them seem to want to lean into the Ravens still. So uh, if if Lamar likes that underdog talk, he's still going to have it. We're not going to have to do the, you know, uh, we're, we're the underdogs every time. They don't have to fake it. There's still a ton of um, doubt in the national media of uh, the Ravens. Kevin, tell me a little bit more about this doubt. I'm curious. What, what are their, what are they saying? Um, so Sh- Shannon Sharp said today, what happens when they're losing? Knowing the fact that we were okay. down to the, down to the um, Rams a couple weeks ago. Um, let's see. Sherman. Ugh. Sherman's been complaining about, I think just like, Lamar's MVP conversation. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely been. Which, which I mean, to be fair, I think is kind of, kind of legitimate from a statistical perspective. Like, I don't think that it's that far fetched. Um, now, obviously, he has. There is, you know, he has a major impact that go beyond the stats. Um, that is like definitely clear. But just from like a statistical perspective, like you look at it, like even if you throw in his rushing yards and like touchdowns, you're like, hmm. That's like it's really off from even his MVP season a couple you know a couple seasons ago. I mean that if you ignore the one yard rushes that Gus has for touchdowns and he converts half of right. those into passing touchdowns and now we have no story at all. So I mean, um, but yes, uh, Sherman's been talking still. Um, it didn't seem like uh, first take. It was it was their B their B team today this morning. Uh, a team, a team still had Christmas uh, off day after, but it didn't seem that uh, much talk went into. Hey, the Ravens are good. Lamar is good. 
uh, the 49ers didn't play well. Purdy didn't play well. Um, so I think that I think that yeah. even with the 30 plus points last night, they still don't believe. That's still pretty wild, man. Like even like the Bills. Like I mean, I did watch that game. Um, but yeah, you know they were explosive again. But they were playing. Chargers. Like, come on. They almost, I mean, they almost lost to the Chargers. I mean, like, as a team, we know this imploding. Like, yeah, they played hard. Um, now that they finally got rid of Staley, um, you know, I think the players have something they actually play for. And, like, you know, don't discount that, right? I think that's, that's definitely a real thing. I mean, look at the Raiders against the Chiefs. I mean, like, Chiefs are in real trouble right now, um, you know, for kind of similar reasons. The Raiders are, are kind of, you know, they have nothing to lose at this point. They've already lost their head coach. Like, you know, they have no idea what the team's going to be like next year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just like quality of opponent, man. Like, Niners are still a good team. Like, you know, we'll get into it a little bit more, but like, even though the Ravens had such success of uh, stopping their attack, like, they could pick up chunk plays really easily and both in the run and in the pass game. I mean, McCaffrey was feasting. Kittle was feasting in the first quarter in particular. Ayuk was getting involved even late in the game. Debo had a couple of really good catches and also really good, um, you know, I guess like runs. Uh, Yak after being slammed by Humphrey a couple of times. Like, I mean, these guys were tough. And, you know, even post game, I, I think it was like Marlo and a couple other people were just like, you know, like, don't be fooled. Like these guys are probably like the best test for us this year. I mean, super physical team. They play like us, you know, it's just, we got the best of them tonight. Um, but, but don't look at them as like chumps. It's just, you know, just look at, you know, it's more about just like, look at us, like, look at how, you know, we, you know, we play real good. Um, but don't overlook these guys. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's weird. Like they still haven't, you know, still haven't kind of, uh, given the respect we need, but you know, Hey, that's cool. Uh, the team is going to lean into that. So, yeah, my guess is that you know you look at a win like this. We had five interceptions. You don't normally see that. And how much is that a byproduct of you know exceptional play by your defense, or is it just like bad play by the offense or fluky stuff? I can understand why they might want to pump the brakes because there's such a gaudy outlier statistic involved in this game. But I mean. I saw how the, the, all those picks happened, and I thought they were they embodied a lot of what this team's all about. Uh, before we kind of talk about the defense, I want to do one last thing, like talking about the overall game, and that's how big of a win was this relative to other regular season games in franchise history? I mean, we had a little bit of a conversation before the show, and I feel like uh, it's up there, man. Like recency bias, obviously, it wasn't a home game, but in a way that makes it more impactful. You know, you did it on the road. On Christmas, no less, you know, uh, prime time it makes it maybe even a, a bigger game and against, you know, historically high DVOA, uh, which, by the way, we're now number one. Ain't the beer cold. Uh, but, uh, you know, the uh, I mean, we've never seen a matchup like this in in a long time. I think as, as long as DVOA has been recorded. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk about it, but uh, you know, obviously Peter's not recording with us. Um, family obligations because of the. Uh Christmas holiday, Merry Christmas, everybody! Happy holidays. Um, but uh, but yeah, anyway, we were talking about uh, this with him uh, after the game last night, um, as you do with Peter. You know, he's always very into the historical <laughs> side of, of the Ravens, and always looking back at like games and you know trying to trying to see like, oh yeah, like how does this compare like a game like twenty years ago? Um, but yeah, I mean, we we're thinking about it, and like 
recently, like the only ones that maybe come close, that 2018 primetime game against the Chargers um, that featured that, uh, it was that Mark Andrews uh, 64 yard touchdown or something. Um, that was a pretty big one. Um, but obviously, you know, Chargers got the best of us in the playoffs and the wild card round. So, you know, that one, like at the time, like, yeah, it was big, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, didn't maybe didn't amount to much. Um, 2019 Seahawks. Uh, I guess we can't see it now because it's behind the one winning pod, but that's uh, that's the the Lamar picture right here, the fourth and two. Um, that was a big game. Uh, obviously, you know, Seahawks were really good, but that was it's a fairly early game in the season, so it didn't have quite the same weight as a, as a game at Christmas. So that's not really the right one. And then 2006, a game against the Saints, uh, that was another big one as well. I actually don't remember that one too much, but. But yeah, I mean, you know, two teams, 11 and three at Christmas, like two games left in the regular season. Like, I mean, that's that's got to be up there, like got to be top five in terms of like biggest, you know, road games. Um, the only other ones like I can think of, I don't even think are that big in terms of like opponent, like the, the that Monday night game against the Browns, the that Lamar came back to win it. Like that was exciting. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, I don't think the Browns were like, you know, the one of the best teams that the Ravens have faced that year. It just happened to be a really good game. Yeah, uh, when we were talking about this in the chat, um, the first one that came to mind was the Chiefs game um, at home, the night game. Um, I know, yeah, that was super early in the season. I think that was week three. Um, I want to say that was week two. Yeah, week two, yeah, yeah. but uh, that one felt like a team we, we struggled to beat we always found ways to to kind of keep close, but it never got over that hump. And um, you had the OA uh, strip of uh, Edwards Allaire, and uh, I think we drove down the field um, to win that one. That one felt big. Um, and then the other one that popped into my mind was the game again, the last game against uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots, um, where Lamar kind of dominated um, that team. He was. It was also 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, running, running left and right, and all over the place, and then just making stuff happen. Happen. That was that was supposed to be uh, still a good team. You know, Tom Brady was still there. Um, that popped into my mind again. They they probably didn't hold the weight that this one did, which was you know the best in the NFC versus the best in the AFC. Very late in the season, primetime game. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure I can think of one that really compares. Actually, I've got one more. 2011 Steelers, the Torrey mm. Smith redemption. I think that from a uh, divisional perspective, I think was really big. And it was really big in that period of time because the Steelers were such big rivals at that point. Actually, because you mentioning the Chiefs, K-Fish, that mentioned, that kind of went back for me a little bit. I'm like... Yeah, I think they realized that they could finally get the monkey off their back. They they did beat them in Heinz Field the year before, 2010, with that Hushmanzada uh, touchdown. But I think the that 2011 game, I think, also kind of was really solidified. Like, okay, yeah, we're here. We can do some damage. So I'll throw that in the ring. I think I think that could be a big one too. But in terms of you know interconference uh, matchup, I think this I think the Niners game is up there for sure. And maybe maybe 2019 against the Niners, but I think this game definitely takes the cake. So we look at this defense, man, and they definitely set, did set the tone, I think, of the whole game. As we mentioned, the five interceptions, absolutely incredible. Um, kind of like 
love that first one because I mentioned in the preview that, you know, this whole offense stresses linebackers and safeties in like the middle of the field there. And we saw early on they had success. And um but we have the best safeties and 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 linebackers, you know, in the league. And boom, Kyle Hamilton gets his first pick of the day. Ended up with two picks, which is outstanding. And um really was a huge swing of events because at this point the Ravens were down. Uh, the, you know they were tr- they were driving again, and uh, you know they were about to score a touchdown. It looked like you know they were getting huge chunk plays, and then that just stopped them right in the end zone. That was a, a huge turn of events, and I would say probably the biggest impact turnover of the night. It was huge in terms of game flow. I mean, yeah, they were down. Uh, was it five? Was it two nothing or five nothing at that point? I know because we can't uh, come from behind. The, but I digress. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, they were. I mean, they had huge plays at that point. To a couple, one to Kittle, I believe, um, and you know, another to McCaffrey, a you know, thirteen yard run or something. They were in the red zone, driving again. Um, at that point, would have been up two scores at least. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic play and one like. I feel like I, I, you know, I want to give, you know, I want to give Kyle not only credit for like, you know, the the physical play of being able to make that, but I, you know, to me, like that seemed like pure film study of a way to, like, that's how you trick Purdy, because um, I think on that play, I, I, if I believe they had, um, you know, they had a concept to try and uh, put the linebackers in a bad position and kind of throw it over their heads in the back, and you know, Kyle was playing safety on the other side of the field and. I think if I remember correctly, I think both of the routes that were on his side were just kind of like short, like, you know, dig routes or something like that. They weren't going to come into the end zone. And so I think Kyle was kind of like standing over there, probably realized like, hey, nobody's going to be coming over on this side back in this quarter here. I'm going to stay and wait for the receiver to cross over the middle and then be able to make the play on the ball. And Purdy obviously, you know, thinks that he has that open. And, you know, Kyle's like, you know, I'm watching the quarterback. I know where this is going to go. It's not going to go here. I'm going to go make the play over in this way. Purdy didn't even see him. He threw it too late at that point. Mistake was made. Kyle made him pay and, you know, stopped the drive completely um, and, you know, prevent the score. Huge swing, um, obviously. And, you know, I, I yeah, I think I think that was kind of the start of really rattling Purdy because, you know, he was, you know, thinking like, you know, hey, this is where things come open. This is where, you know, I'm able to attack these defenses and manipulate people in a certain way. And I think at that point, you know, the Ravens are kind of just showing like, no, we know what you're going to do. And we know you can, you can try to do that, but we're going to be there and we're going to make you pay. And that, you know, they were able to recognize it and they were able to make those plays to really make them pay. And I think over time. You know, obviously, you know, you end up with four interceptions from Purdy. I think over time, you could really start to see that. It was one, it was limiting the Niners' play calling. Uh, but two, you would just see like Purdy, like, you know, instead of throwing guys open, he would throw behind, right? He would be like, you know, I don't want to throw it here because somebody is like, you know, might be sitting on that trying to make a play on the ball. So I'm going to throw it a little bit behind, be a little bit safe. And obviously, that doesn't have good outcomes either. So throw threw him off his game. So, yeah, just, I mean, excellent overall. And, and just from like a, a defensive execution, film study, um, absolutely huge. I mean, we could talk about the other, you know, three or four of them, I'm sure, at length, uh, you know, just how amazing plays they were. Yeah, yeah. The the first interception was, was like you said, great, uh, great film study. Um, 
I think it was Marlowe or it was PQ said uh, Purdy's a, a spot thrower, and that sounds like a dig, but it's it, it's not. It wasn't meant to be, um, and they kind of took advantage of that. Um, and that play is kind of the epitome of that. Um, and then I think you mentioned something earlier, some of the talk about the other interceptions being kind of fluky. Um, and that just sounds like sour grapes to me. Like, <laughs> uh, the, the second one was, uh, what was it? Stevens and, uh, Marlowe blitzing off the, uh, off the sides, uh, Stevens, uh, hit it up and Marlowe picked it off. Um, and then the third one was Hamilton off the Marlowe coverage. That's, that's, uh, Mike McDonald, you know, being a madman, what he's done all year, sending cornerbacks on blitzes, throwing confusing blitzes everywhere. That's the interception was a function of how the defense works. So that's, to me, that's not a fluke. That's, I don't want to say that's a common occurrence because that sounds like too overconfident. I was going to say, I, I can't even remember a time where I saw like both outside corners blitzing like that. Like to me, like, I mean, like I, I agree, like, you know, there are exotic blitzes and things that you can do there, but like that to me was like, that's a super gutsy call. <laughs> super, yeah. I mean, especially like Amaro, I can understand like he's kind of playing the slot, um, you know, so you can kind of expect that from him, but like you're throwing him and Stevens, like your top cover guys on a blitz <laughs> to be able to make that play. Like, I mean, that takes a lot of guts to be able that, to do that. I mean, that might be fair. I think it was uh, uh, Baldy in one of his breakdowns said like this, the way it happened is um and and kind of taking marlo out of the equation for a second um that that blitz from stevens was what forced was um party did the right thing in throwing trying to throw to debo in the vacated spot the safety was back too far um or not too far but he was back playing you know his normal safety position um so i think they just took advantage of what they knew the the 49ers like to do um, I, I would have to go back and look and see if you know they they send two corners before. Um, it's probably very rare, so that's probably a fair point. But I I still think it was a function of of Mike doing crazy things, and he's done that all the time. I mean the the what was it the Chargers game where he threw uh, Pierce back into coverage on the very last play and and made Herbert Herbert oh, yeah. hold it for a second. Like this is still like sure you're right that the two cornerbacks from both sides come in probably isn't used all the time but i mean i i just still think it's uh it it's a in the realm of possibilities coming from mike yeah no i mean i i, I don't i don't disagree. i think your i think your point's well made um i was just saying like that particular alignment just seemed right to me but i i, I think you're i think you're spot on yeah it's it, uh, not fluky to expect like this is just how the defense operates we're not going to sit back here and play you know straight cover two cover four like all the time right we're gonna be mixing right. it up put some different did spots. you see the um there was one blitz speaking of you know kind of weird blitzes they lined um pq up at cornerback and he wasn't on like cmc oh, yeah. he was just out there and he blitzed from out there uh you know out wide and that forced the throw early i, I don't remember if it just resulted in an incompletion or what um but it was a, a positive play for us Kind of those, you know, yeah. Mike McDonald just kind of drawing it up probably one day, and he was like, eh, let's try this. Yeah. 
I do wonder like how much of this was like, okay, it's a big game. We would like to win this game. Let's like throw things at the kitchen sink or like how much of it we had some in the bag or I guess like how often do we have this in our bag, but we choose not to do it because we're like, eh, we don't, we don't need, you know what I mean? Like, cause we don't want to like put everything on film or whatever. I will say though, that, that one you're talking about Kevin with the two safety blitzes, I call that it would be a pick immediately because, um, when those two guys blitz, not only do they blitz, but then like all of the coverage shifted in a weird way. Now he didn't throw the ball right away. That was the crazy play where Hamilton gets fouled. Like Chop he gets log. like pushed down, fouled. Yeah. Is on the ground for like a staggering long amount of time for a football play <laughs> gets up and then gets the interception. So, um, obviously this happened as part of like the second play of the game uh, of the, of the sequence, you know, so to speak where it was scramble, but I think the reason they got the scramble was because everything looked weird. And that's a, a really good point you make Kevin, like about, you know, spot throwing that that's what he does. He's a really great processor of the game pretty, but it can bite him if you know, you, you break the rules or you change things. So McDonald was great at that. Maybe he saw a little bit of a wink out of the corner of his eye in the game prior, you know, saw it on a, a, a side TV <laughs> who knows what they were playing at the stadium. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that was some great stuff to see. And even though we didn't get terribly many sacks on Purdy, we did get some more against Darnold later in the game. But um, the pressure was definitely on, and he was struggling back there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of, I feel like one of the things also kind of coming out of this game, um, a little bit kind of going back to impact a little bit, but like I feel like um, I've seen some commentary from some Rams fans um, basically pointing at this game and being like, you know, Hey, like, you know, why, you know, why is like Stafford not in some of the conversations about like, you know, best quarterback play? I mean, they went toe to toe with the Ravens and obviously same defense that we're facing. Um, now, obviously, you know, we could say like, yeah, do we throw the kitchen sink at them? Probably not. Right. I think this game is a lot different in terms of like what we need to do. But I think part of that is just because Stafford is, you know, a, a veteran who's been around for a really long time and is a lot you know, seen a lot more than Purdy has at this point in his career. So I think, you know, to your point, Alec, I, I feel like, yeah, messing up and, you know, kind of not playing by the rules and playing these, you know, different coverages and things like that. Like for Purdy, who hasn't seen this, it takes him a little bit longer to be able to process what's going on real time. Whereas if you look at Stafford, like he's going to know what's going to happen, um, be able to still make a play, even, in, you know, even if the Ravens aren't, uh, you know, trying to throw stuff out and confuse them. It just it doesn't really confuse to the same level. Um, anyway, I, th- I thought it was interesting just in terms of like, you know, uh, you know, like opponents and matchups, because coming out of the Rams game, I think, you know, we were concerned going into the Niners game. We're like, you know, hey, like these offenses are really similar. We're probably going to have a heck of a time because the Rams ended up like really shredding us. And we were really concerned at that point. And, at the, you know, obviously we didn't have Keaton Mitchell. So, you know, the run game on the offense is also not going to play as as well. Um, but I, I think it, you know, because of the difference in quarterback play, I think that really kind of had a difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to waste a, a ton of time on uh, Stafford because I could probably sing his praises for a pretty long time. Uh, he's one of those forever underrated quarterbacks. I mean, he, uh, you know, Megatron wasn't throwing to himself. There's, there's a ton of highlight plays that start with Stafford, um, and now he's working on. Uh, breaking the rookie record with Puka. Um, he's a completely different uh, quarterback than uh, 
than Purdy. So, uh, yeah, I think what you said is spot on. That that's why you see a a, um, a struggle a little bit more with uh, you know a veteran quarterback who doesn't need things to go perfect to be right. I mean, he had that. Uh, I want to say the the week before throw to Higby where he hit him uh, on the sideline um, perfectly. I don't think you're seeing um, Purdy kind of make those throws out out of a function of the, their offense. It's not it's not meant for that. He's supposed to you know hit his th- uh, three or five step drop and then you know get the ball out. Um, so I think that that's a big point of why this game kind of went differently. Um, and then to go back to uh, your original point, Alec, I about throwing the kitchen sink at the 49ers, I think, yeah, we definitely th- uh, unloaded some bullets to, uh, to say, but I, I really hope that wasn't all of them because, you know, we're, we're still going to see some good offenses and, you know, everything goes right. There's a good chance we see that team again. Yeah. I will say, like, I think the big thing I have to say was the complimentary football that was played. The number one way they could have beat us is if they really leaned into McCaffrey. We didn't really have an answer for McCaffrey. They just ran out of time. We got high enough up that, uh, you know, with the turnovers that they needed to score quickly, quickly, eh, quickly. (laughs) And, you know, we were scoring at a good enough rate and take enough time off the clock that, you know, it just wasn't really feasible to run like that, uh, which like I always like kind of push back on. Like I think I think it is doable, but like near the end of the game when it was really you know low on time, yeah, you need to pass more. So I was thinking to myself. I told Rachel when we were, I think we were up like fourteen or maybe it was even eighteen or twenty one at that point. I forget, but I said to her, I was like, "There's one way they could win." I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> I don't know if they bug the room, <laughs> but you know, like <laughs> I was like thinking to myself, like if they start running right now and really like dedicate to it. I think it could work, but I was also thinking kind of like what you were saying. I, I forget. Maybe, I think Kevin said it when we were watching the game live, but like, uh, or maybe Chris, I forget. Someone said like, you know, the playbook has gotten shrunk down. They don't trust him. And like, you know, it just, it changed the way that they were playing the game. And uh, yeah. that that's like, I think that was the biggest turning point, but they weren't able to really adjust, you know, so to speak. It goes back to that whole, like, you know, <laughs> everyone has a good plan until you get punched in the face. I thought that was a, a huge thing. We were so physical with them and they played a really physical game too. They gave them praises for saying they were the most physical team that they have played so far. But that, that's just like, that's what's so hard about playing the Ravens, man. It's like we, like PQ said during his press conference, they play a, a style football. Most teams don't want to play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think at, I mean, with all the interceptions in the first half, it. I think it would have been really hard for them to come back. I mean, also, I mean, think about it. Like, Kyle Shanahan, brilliant play caller, right? But one common criticism with him is not going back to the run game in certain places, right? I mean, go back to that 2016 Super Bowl offensive coordinator, the Falcons, right? They call up all those pass plays in a row, and they all have all this time left on the clock. The Patriots end up coming back and winning that game. All you have to do is lean in the run game a little bit more to be able to draw enough more clock, and that's it, right? And I, I, yeah, I, I think that was, I mean, that's kind of like one of the master classes, I think, where McDonald of like knowing, like, okay, if we can make, you know, throw out a lot, it's, it, it's, it's risky, right? It's risky to be able to put players in these positions to try and make plays. But I think he did. He trusted the guys to be able to make the plays. Guys did execute. Got all those turnovers at that point. Like, I mean, coming back from that, even even with the score being so close as it was, I think it would just be really, really hard 
um, because you know you're you're kind of in their heads at that point. Um, and yeah, the playbook is going to be just like so different. Um, you know, but I, you know, I think it was easy to see, you know, credit to the 49ers again. Like it was, it would be easy to see how this game could be different, especially if it's played again. I mean, just look at the first quarter, right? Lots of chunk plays that they were giving up. Um, you know, it looked like Marcus Williams was going to have a bad game. Uh, he's lined up on Kittle frequently. Kittle was getting open, wide open, a lot of yak uh, to be had. It pretty much didn't matter who got the ball. If it was Kittle, if it was McCaffrey, if it was Ayuk, if it was Debo, like everyone was kind of feasting. It just was in, you know, when they would stack uh, some plays together on the defense, um, be able to get them in third down situations and then force Purdy to make bad decisions that, that all of a sudden, you know, things started changing. Um, you erase a few of those, that game becomes a lot closer, becomes a lot more, um, you know, a lot more tough. Um, I think, you know, I think the guys are kind of right. It's just like everything kind of really went well for them um, this game, you know. So, uh, you know, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit fluky from that perspective. But I do think, you know, kind of what we've all been talking about here, though, like there was a lot of intentional decisions, both in the coaching game plan and the execution that, you know, a lot, all of it just came together and, and really had a lot of success overall. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, CMC, he, he did have a good game. Definitely won't discredit that. But I think you kind of saw the same thing that happened in the second half against uh, the Rams, which is we started to to rally to tackle. And you saw a lot of those, like, screen passes to him that, you know, would lose a yard or, you know, um, go for minimal gains um, that kind of put a wrench into that, you know, what you were talking about, which is, like, keep feeding CMC. He's the, like... He's actually the motor. He should be in the MVP talks, not Purdy. Um, I I think that's why they couldn't really do what you're kind of talking about, which is, you know, keep giving him the ball. I think um, Rowan PQ, another masterclass game of tackling, um, being in the right spot. You had, uh, I think we had another Van Noy tackle in the back uh, backfield on a um, – on a screen pass or, or a dump off to CMC. Um, I think they tried to do what you're talking about, Alec. I just don't think it was, uh, I mean, it, they definitely didn't like, you know, just run three straight times with uh, CMC, but I think they tried to force feed him the ball at points in the game, especially like, as we were saying, uh, Shanahan stopped trusting um, Purdy as much. And they, they were running screens and, um, you know, stuff like that, very simple throws to try to get it to Purdy um, or to CMC. Um, one of the throws that Purdy did make a really good play on, um, kind of where the Ravens were kind of throwing the kitchen sink in again, was uh, that one play where um, it was supposed to be a screen to CMC. We had it stopped. Um, CMC kind of started running forward towards the line of scrimmage. Purdy took a couple steps to the left, I want to say, created that window, and uh, and was able to hit him for some uh, hit hit him in stride, and he broke off a big run. Um, I just think, you know, if they would have tried to exclusively do that, it wouldn't. You would need, uh, you know, excellent play from both those two every time. You would need something, you know, great happening. And that, as we've kind of said all episode, that's not really Purdy's game. His game is to run the offense. Yeah, that's a great that's a great example of that play too. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I thought about that one too. Of like, yeah, that was a great, that was an interesting defense as well. If I recall, I think Hamilton was in position uh, to be able to get that. He recognized that scream was going to happen and kind of blocked it off. Everyone else basically went back into coverage, knowing like, okay, Purdy's not going to go here. They're going to throw it over our heads. Like, let's go back. And I think that was, you know, a great point. Like that was a, you know, a source of confusion. Um, you know, either like we had guys back there and, you know, he just couldn't find an open guy, you know, then pass for Shaked in there. He had to dump it off. And yeah, it was kind of accidental that it ended up going uh, for some yards. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a, that was a great, that was a great play too, of just the, like highlighting the, you know, how the defense kind of causes confusion. Yeah. I guess we'll uh, end the defense talking about how our one-year mercenary veterans were the ones who got all the pass rush. Van Noy, Clowney, and Urban leading with two, which was awesome. Love to see it. And uh, I just think, like, it's so special. Uh, That's why I think this team is special in a way. It's not going to be often that you have all these low-cost mercenaries producing so much and then all these fourth year about to leave your team players are <laughs> like, you know, need to be re-signed or you're losing on players having breakout years, or, you know, the best years of their career, et cetera. It's like, this is a special team every year is special, but I feel like this year is going to have a lot of turnover going into next year, just kind of inevitable. And, um, just like, I want to relish, you know, this, this group of men. I think, uh, I think I saw a stat that we, that the Ravens are like top three in, in current cap that, um, is a free agent next year to kind of hit home on the, like, this team might not be even close to as constructed next year. Um, and, you know, going to your point about, you know, the the veteran mercenaries, I, I think that's how good teams are kind of built. Um, I, I think specifically of the, uh, the Eagles, the one year they won the championship, they had, um, I want to say his last name was Babin. Um, Situational pass rusher, um, the other uh, Bennett uh, brother, I think, was on that team. Situational pass rusher, um, I think Sue was on, or was it Halodi, or was uh, was it Sue at that point? They had someone, you know, another big body, had been on the team for just that year. Um, I think that's a very common thing of good teams. You're going to get these. These veteran guys, I mean, granted, we've had to lean into them way more than um, the guys that I'm mentioning from the Eagles, um, but it's a very common thing to have these guys that are 15 plays, 20 plays, just r- run hard for your couple plays um, and, you know, disrupt the game. I mean, I would even say that to some degree that the 49ers have tried to do that as well, going out and getting chase for a rental. Um, now they just signed uh, um, that defensive tackle from the Chargers, um, and I, I think they have another. Is is Armstead uh, on a one year contract? The Niners. I'm not sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not positive on that one. But the the point being is like, if you're a good team, veterans. Um, to come in and make plays, and and t- today was uh or the other day was Urban. Uh, it's been Clowney for most of the year. I think he's uh what two sacks off of his his career high in a season, um, and I think he's already beat whatever his uh career record for a season for pressures. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's playing great. Um, one of those urban sacks was basically clowny on that one too. Um, I think it just, I think, I think it was Darnold ended up getting out of him and then urban was there to be able to clean it up. So yeah, they're all playing really, really, um, you know, really fantastic. Now I was going to add, there was, um, you know, one, one, one guy, you know, we talk about a lot, um, you know, certainly, you know, I really like him, Roquan, um, you know, in this game, like statistically, it's interesting. I feel like he kind of mirrors Lamar a little bit. We were talking at the top where, you know, statistically Lamar's season, like, you know, not not necessarily like uh, high and above above the rest um, in terms of just stats, you know, impact on game from like the eye test. Yes. Um, Roquan, I feel like it was a, this is a game is a great example as well of like, you know, he playing a lot better than the stats show. Um they end up looking, you know, two tackles, six assists, so like eight total tackles. Um, you know, I mean, it's high. It's not like a super high, you know, game for him. I mean, he's had games where he's had like 15 plus tackles. Um, but in terms of like impact too, like there, there was one play. I mean, he had pretty dead to rights. Um, it was that, you know, he kind of flipped the ball out and McCaffrey caught it. And, you know, it was like a tackle for loss or something like, I mean, that was a play that Roquan made. Like he, he should have had that sack. You know, Purdy either threw it on purpose, even not a good decision, or it just fell out of his hand and he got lucky. Um, you know, lucky, you know, still attack full loss anyway. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, that was a sack for Roquan. Um, I think there was another player too. Like, you know, he had an interception where he was in play, you know, mm-hmm. you know, should have had like a tip pass, you know, pass deflection or something. So, you know, this guy, you know, even though, you know, stats aren't, aren't always showing it. Um, in terms of, you know, sacks or pass deflections or interceptions or anything, like, I mean, he has a huge impact on this defense. So, um, yeah, just shout out Ro. Um, obviously, you know, he's bringing, he's bringing the culture, uh, this defense and keeping these guys, you know, operating high at a high level. Um, you know, that's valuable. Um, but, uh, you know, his, his play on the field, even if it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, is also, I think, continues to be super high. Yeah, we saw during Wired, uh, not, it's not out yet, but like the, the teaser of it, how he's like, we play, you know, we, we talk with our pads, we talk with our pads, and, you know, he has a huge blow up in the flats and is, uh, yeah. you know, going nuts. And uh, I think the thing that's funny is, like you said, Chris, there's no stat for playing your zone correctly. So the guy can't even throw the ball, you know, over you or like has to throw it a little bit further to the right. And then Kyle Hamilton gets to pick, you know, <laughs> like that, you know, there's no staff for that. Um, but yeah. that's, that's like a kind of impact that Roquan has in the, as the middle patroller of, uh, you know, the flats and, uh, of this defense. So yeah, just great point to shout him out. Cause it's so easy to skip over him. I think we have the last couple of weeks, uh, even though he's like always performing at a high level, similar to Lamar. You know, they're just finally Lamar has his, uh, you know, his guy, you know, on the other side of the ball. I feel like I think that's what a kind of a missing piece almost. Speaking of, you know, stat watchers, um, I saw Kyle uh, Van Noy was not arguing, um, talking to some random, you know, person on Twitter because um, he, he tweeted this. He tweeted today, like, I don't understand how I Chicago would ever. Oh, craziest decision i've ever i've ever seen and somebody was like oh and and van noy also tweeted out something to the effect of like i don't want to hear anything about like how you can take his money and and make two guys and get you know more out and then someone responded in typical like stat watcher fashion like hey for the money that you know we that you spent on row chicago has two guys and they have 140 tackles 
and Roe only has a hundred. So therefore, the two guys are better. <laughs> you guys are are getting the first pick in the draft yeah. next year. <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, that that is not the value that that we look for in Roe. He does, as you both have been saying, he does the things that um, don't show up on the stat, sets the tone. This defense immediately changed as soon as he came in. I know it's been said a hundred times. Um, that's a that's a difference maker. I, I like uh, what you guys said. You know, that's you know the defense of Lamar. You know, he he won't have all the stats. You know, maybe someone will be considered a better linebacker, but you know that's the leader of our team and he does a great job doing it. I guess we flip over to the offense. Let's talk about the MVP Lamar Jackson, who, you know, I felt like I had a a sort of ho-hum game for him, which is like ridiculous to say, but it's just so usual for him to make crazy plays and off platform throws. And like, you kind of take it for granted. And that's kind of what I like set off the jump is kind of similar to what Harbaugh was saying in the in the locker room, I don't think that's just posturing for the rest of the team. I think truly to have an MVP performance, you need a whole team effort because they only care about the winners, right? They only care about the best teams in the league. And then it's like, what what's the quarterback, <laughs> you know, of, of the best team in the league? And Lamar, I feel like, has been playing at a great level for years. And, you know, granted, he's been getting injured maybe and missing ends of seasons for the last two years or whatever, you know, in 2020, you couldn't give it to him because he just got it in 2019. <laughs> but like, you look at it, if you're talking like most valuable player, you break out the words and what that actually means. Yeah, Lamar is one of the most valuable players in the league, undeniably every damn year. And here we are again, he's doing great. And I, I appreciate that he gets that recognition. But I also just adore, like I said, at the top of the, of the show, how the maturity is there. Uh, and not to say he was immature last time, but it was new. It was fresh. Um, everything was the success. Um, and I think this is a, a different Lamar and a better Lamar, even though his stats aren't as gaudy this year. Uh, I'll definitely take, you know, the 2023 version over 2019. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, having gone through all the losses in the playoffs and stuff like that, like, I mean, you know, he knows now, like, you know, all those personal accolades are great, but they don't, you know, don't necessarily translate to, you know, getting the ultimate prize. Uh, which is what he wants, you know. He's what he's always wanted. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, you know the the biggest thing for this game, man, is just the Niners had no answer for his um, for his extended plays. They really didn't. Um, there were so many times Lamar was able to escape the pocket. Um, you know, he was able to go in that Superman mode, um, that rush to be able to set up uh, what we thought was a touchdown uh, before the end of the half, and ended up setting like for three. Uh, for that field goal, um, escaped the pocket, escaped the sack, and then ended up, um, you know, gaining 20 some yards on a rush play. Um, you know, again, ended up having all these 49ers just whiff on tackle. Fred Warner, who had an incredible game, um, you know, all pro linebacker over from Niners, very good player, um, just missed the tackle. Uh, just was not in the right position. Maybe make a tackle on Lamar. He ended up picking another, like, you know, 10, 12 yards off of that. Um, you know, another play I thought was really great, kind of him extending the play out, um, ended up finding Gus Edwards on a pass. Gus takes it down inside the five. There were no Niners who, you know, had a, a shot to be able to get to Gus. Um, good blocking downfield, obviously, um, you know, but they couldn't get to Lamar and they left, you know, these creases open for guys to be able to find. 
and you know really just allowed these big plays and you know obviously you know i think it's interesting just comparing the ravens and the niners like i think the i feel like the the niners were able to um you know have some success um not a lot but some success in finding those on target throws and then relying on their guys to be able to get yak like Kittle is a great example, especially in the first quarter. Um, he was just finding him consistently, and then he was able to pick up those yards. It wasn't like the defense was necessarily, you know, out of position um, on those plays. But I felt like it is a stark comparison. Like the Niners are on target, the Ravens are off target, um, but they still, you know, the Ravens ended up having more success because I think the Niners weren't able to adapt to that style of play, whereas the Ravens were. Right, they were able to take away some of those on-target throws, force Purdy to be off-target, had some success there. For Lamar, they couldn't force anything. Right, he was just having his way. I think it really wasn't until like the fourth quarter that they finally were able to get some sacks on him to be able to stop those drives. But at that point, it was a little, you know, too little, too late. Yeah, and uh, I don't mean to take it back to the the stat watcher, you know, talk that we've kind of been hitting at, but it's like, <laughs> how do you how do you quantify the the Zay Flowers touchdown? Um, I think it was Fred Warner is watching Lamar. And then as he's doing that, Zay is sliding in behind him for an easy touchdown. Like that doesn't show up besides the touchdown, but that is all predicated on the fact that somebody has to spy Lamar almost every play, or he's going to take eight yards and it'll be second and two or third and one. And now like, you have to stop stop Gus or another run by Lamar picks up 15, you know, that, that stuff won't show up on the, uh, the stat sheet. And, you know, if Lamar doesn't get the MVP because of stats that I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. It is what it is, but like we, it, it can't be just a, a stat thing or we're, we're missing a lot of stats. We need some new stats. Um, <laughs> how many times did he have to be yeah. spied that left you know every single receiver on single single coverage than a guy like zay who is extremely athletic or odell who's a veteran who's capable of you know doing double moves and and completely shaking off a cornerback how, how do we quantify that open as a function of the offense, the fun- the offense functions off of Lamar. Like it's it it's not a hard conversation to have. Like, but I know that those who have other you know other candidates that they want to win will will point to those stats. I will say it was like you know the game started off. It felt like the lights were a little bright. That boneheaded play where he drops back 15 yards into the end zone, gets tripped by a ref, which I feel like there should be a provisioning for. Like, apparently, you know, the, the, the game just, like, keeps going on. But, like, I don't know, man. If a ref trips an offensive player, it's like 12 men on the field. That's how I see it. <laughs> Vice versa. <laughs> at, the, at the least, replay the down, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I, I don't love – it doesn't happen often, you know, obviously. But I don't, don't love that. Um, it's, it's honestly impressive it doesn't happen more often. Uh, good job on the refs uh, the heck out of the way. But um, yeah, man, like I was just like at a loss for words uh, when that happened. And, and just like, I, I thought it was bad that he kept rolling backwards and backwards. I was like, how are you going to get the ball back to the line of scrimmage? Like you're, you're running to the left. Like, you know what I mean? Like this didn't look like it was playing out well, but uh, 
luckily, you know, in the classic fashion that is uh, sports talking points, it's like, oh, uh, we won. We, we, we put that under the, you know, under the rug. <laughs> you know, no one cares. You know, if we lose by two points, like that's uh, all that anyone talks about. So uh, I, I'm glad it didn't, you know, end up mattering, so to speak, and uh, that Lamar still ended up having a, you know, 100 point uh, or 105.9 uh, QB rating. But definitely, uh, you know, hate to see it. One of those two sacks on the day. Um, and that, that, that's tough. And I also thought, you know, Lamar, you know, for just being nitpicky, like he didn't run that great. He had that one amazing vintage Lamar run for 30 yards, but otherwise he ran for 2.5 yards of carry, got stuffed at the goal line, you know, not saying that's necessarily his fault, but like, it wasn't like a great game for him running. I thought in general, the running game wasn't that great in this game. Wasn't something we could, you know, lean on and ice, uh, the team, and you know, gave him an opportunity to score two t- touchdowns at the end of the game. Now, obviously, it didn't happen, but like there was a shot, right? And um, you know, for all the the love Lamar's getting, I feel like this offense didn't quite pass all the tests I gave it. You know, going into the game, as far as you know, can you ice them on that you know last drive to really end the game? Can you um, you know score a touchdown at the end of the half, not a field goal, to like you know really like you know put the, the stops on them. And, you know, it's just, it's nitpicky stuff, obviously, but it's stuff that you want to see them clean up a bit. You know, 28-yard field goals are the worst. <laughs> That's not what we want to see as time expires. We want to see touchdowns. And I still want to see, you know, just a little bit more efficiency out of this offense, a little bit more of that killer instinct. Um, but like I said, kind of going into this game, that's God bless the defense giving us these short fields and these turnovers. I was like, man, guys, like, is this offense really going to be that productive without um, – Keaton like are they going to be able to figure it out uh you know in this week to like how how to be make explosive plays and obviously lead on Zay and 13 targets for nine catches 72 yards and a touchdown like that's amazing and love that we have that in our bag but I don't know if it's necessarily even enough like I want to see more I really do I want to see more people involved that kind of you know likely had a nice game but other than that it's like all the other contributors really had a weak games um you know maybe Aguilar you could say in his limited snap count good impact I, I, I could go and buy that. Um, there are you no know, explosives out of Gus, you know, that huge catch across the field. Love that. But like, that's not really, you know, repeatable. I like seeing repeatable things. It's like, okay, that happened, but it's not like your average, you know, tempo play. So yeah, I, I guess like all that to say, I feel like this offense still has room to grow, which is excellent. You know, you're winning football games. You're still scoring 30 some points, but um, I want to see a little bit more. There's a, I think there's a lot to unpack there, but I think yeah. I think you're getting at a concern that I also had, um, and I feel like I kind of want to take it back to the play that Kfish mentioned because I feel like that kind of encapsulates what Munkin had to do to be able to adapt to Keaton going down and not having as reliable of a run game. I think, and the answer for that play was basically confusion of alignment. I think was really mm-hmm. that made that play work. Um, and, and I think it was, um, I think it was Arlovsky. I think Kfish, I think you posted this in our, in our group chat before, but um, basically like Stanley had swapped places with Kohler. So Kohler is in the left tackle spot. Stanley's out wide, um, but they're aligned correctly, but it wasn't just that it was like they exited the huddle with only a couple seconds left. So they got set, which was incredible, you know, thinking back to these Roman offenses where, you know, illegal formations were, you know, the, all the rage. Right. So they were able to get that. They were able to get aligned only with a couple seconds left. Um, not have a penalty on that. The Niners were obviously confused, like what the heck is going on? Who's covering what? 
Um, so they have that point of confusion and then they end up faking, I guess, a toss to the right to Edwards. Um, right. Lamar is able going right and everyone is flowing right to be able to that play. And then Lamar just throws it to Zay you know, behind everybody to be able to get that touchdown. It's a great example of like one, like you have the deception on alignment, which is just executed extremely well. And two, you have the threat of this run game. Which, you know, to Niners credit, like, yeah, you have to cover it. Like, you have, you do have to respect it. But, you know, the stats for this game said, you know, the Ravens run game was not that successful, right? So I, I think that in the short term really worked. Um, but those sort of trick plays, I think, are going to get harder and harder to have happen, right? And so that's kind of where I think where you're trying to go, Alec, is basically like, you know, yeah, it did work this game and it worked really well. And like, that's awesome, but that's not sustainable, right? You can't continue to have these sort of trick plays, you know, if, you know, defenses aren't going to respect your run game, right? So, yeah, they're, I mean, they're working on it. Like the Justice Hill involvement, you know, he definitely got involved a little bit more. And I think, you know, varying success, I think the biggest thing with him, man, is just, getting tripped up really easily. Like, I feel like you can always get him in the backfield. Like, you know, you'd like to see him get a few more yards out of things. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much we can have, you know, from him in that situation. You know, Gus, I feel, still think is kind of doing Gus things, but, you know, he has a limit on, I think, like, just the explosiveness that you're going to get. Obviously, you know, he doesn't have those legs like Keaton did, but um, I think they'll figure it out. I think, I, I think, though, you know, kind of back to your point, Alec, I think it probably is going to be a heavy dose of Zay because he's got that sort of, I mean, he's got that twitchiness explosion that he can take a screen and be able to get like nine, 10 yards out of it. And if that's what you need for a run game, I mean, other teams have made it work. You know, they can use the short passing game as a run game. Um, that might be our best option now um, in terms of like a balanced offense. Um, I, You know, but bottom line, uh, you know, it worked. It worked for the Niners, but um, yeah, there's definitely room to grow. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, as, as you were kind of talking, I was thinking about you know the Tom Brady offenses that never had a you know much of a run game, and he really just uh, used short passes. and And we've seen the Ravens do that. Um, I think on the uh, four minute drill against the Rams. It wasn't, you know, chunk play, chunk play, and then touchdown. It was seven to Aguilar, eight to Zay, seven to Aguilar. So we could we could do that. Um, we definitely haven't shown that um, repeatedly, um, and I uh, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing too. Which um, I think I said two weeks ago when I was on, which is the Ravens haven't peaked. Thirty three points is really good for an offense we think could get better. Um, that didn't play a full, uh, you know, a full 60 minutes. Um, I think what you're, what you're hoping for, which is, you know, full 60 minutes, isn't going to happen from a hardball led team. I, I think, you know, in year, what, what are we 16 of hardball? They let off the, they <laughs> let off the gas. Like there are very few games right. you point to and you're like, all right, they just kept pouring it on. I, I think of the lions game. Um, that one felt like we kind of just kept our foot on their throats, but I, yeah, I think towards the fourth quarter, they stopped kind of playing the, the, the full complement of plays. Let's just get it to, you know, triple zeros. Um, and as a Ravens fan, that'll always be frustrating. Um, and I'm hoping that's all it is. That's my, uh, my, 
Yeah. You're right, though. You definitely do change your play calls near the end of the game. Like it was, it was by th- end of third quarter. We're like, all right, like we should win this game. We're up by a ton. You know, it's just now a matter of burning clock. And they did have a successful drive. Um, that last, you know, drive that you only got three points out of it, but they like took six minutes, almost seven minutes off the clock. And we were like, well done. That's like exactly what we needed, you know? Um, so definitely, you know, get and respect that, that that's what happens. Cause yeah, they had those two touchdowns in seven seconds. Incredible. Seven seconds of game time. How do you do that? Uh, <laughs> get two touchdowns. It's like the earlier in the day the, against the chiefs, the two, uh, back-to-back plays touchdowns, the fumble and then the, the pick six. So we had a similar, you know, massive, uh, point swing. It was, you know, 16 to 12. And then not that long later, uh, you know, 30 to 12 and definitely changed the course of the game a bit. So definitely, uh, you know, game flow always matters too. When you talk about these things, you know, you can't offense doesn't get to choose what kind of field it gets. Uh, and, and also what, what the defense is doing if the defense is dominating. Like you don't need to do that. You're just trying to get points and burn clock. And hopefully that will be good. So I get it, man. I understand. Uh, just these little, uh, I'm sure that they, they want to tighten these things up too. Cause you can't take anything for granted. Any given drive. Yeah. I was, I was waiting to see if they were going to go on that, um, that fourth down, um, where Lamar was, uh, stopped on the like one or the two. And he just kind of ran, ran into yeah. the wall. Um, I think if the game was closer, there would have been a real decision to be made there. Um, and by the fact that they just took the 28 yard field goal, kind of, co- kind of told you how they felt about the game at that point. Yeah. They were like, we don't want it to be three touchdowns and a f- or two touchdowns and a field goal. We want it to be three touchdowns, you know, it's three, three possessions, but like we'd rather make it three touchdowns there and just know it rather than have them backed up at the one or whatever, um, with that play. So I get, yeah, you know, that's fine. I, I, I think that was a, a fine, uh, maneuver. I was, I was okay with it, even though like, you know, like you said, Kevin, like <laughs> you kind of want to like stomp on their throat, you know, you want another touchdown celebration, which, uh, at first the Grinch celebration by Zay and, and, uh, and Isaiah likely, I, I didn't know what the heck they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> but <it looked> like, <laughs> oh, but, uh, okay. I eventually okay. figured yeah, it out. Yeah. Sense. They were like grabbing things, throwing it in their bag and running he, off with he it. He kicked <laughs> open the door. They were throwing the presents in the, in the bag and he clearly ran away with a very heavy, heavy, uh, pack of presents <laughs> beautiful that's hilarious I, yeah no i didn't i didn't realize that until now either i guess i missed missed that tweet <laughs> my favorite is always yeah i wonder if they like prep the social teams like this these are our planned uh you know <laughs> plan celebrations barring uh i think catches. i think uh likely said him and zay do talk about it that's how they got the uh the lamar uh celebration I say two games ago. Uh, I, I don't know if, uh, yeah. where he like likely was pretending to look at yeah. uh, his wristband and then motion <laughs> motion over uh, Zay. So they're definitely thinking about it. I mean, I think, uh, and I think uh, what uh, Zay had, you know, a couple flower based uh, celebrations. So they're definitely thinking about it. Yeah. Offensive line. I think uh, we got to give a shout out to them as well. Um, you know, continuing, uh, continuing to, uh, you know, block well, give Lamar time to be able to throw downfield. Um, you know, I, 
it's one one criticism i think of the game of you know their game especially earlier in the season that we kind of talked about of just the passing game didn't really work um felt like the you know either lamar or munkin just kind of didn't trust that lamar would be able to get time be able to make plays downfield um i feel like this is another game in a row where lamar had plenty of time um and you know obviously you know he was able to escape the pocket in some situations and extend the play even further but even when he is in the pocket i think um he's getting the time that he needs to be able to make uh make the throws and uh i mean that's huge um you know especially with a you know niners defensive line is very good um bosa very quiet um hargave was pretty quiet and only ended up with two sacks um that's pretty huge um i, I thought moses particularly played pretty well um I feel like there was a play where I saw Ricard blocking Bosa one on one, and I was mm-hmm. surprised that like Bosa wasn't doing anything. I don't know what the situation was if Bosa was supposed to be rushing in that situation, but I was like, Ricard's got him. Like that's pretty cool. Um, you don't really see that too often. But uh, yeah, or I mean, overall, uh, shout out those guys, offensive line. Um, only a couple of penalties, I think, maybe one or two from Simpson, if I recall. Um, he had the one hand as a face penalty, which wasn't great. I think Stanley had another one as well. Um, you know, those do happen. Um, obviously, you don't want to see those, but overall, I think it played pretty well. Yeah, I think you saw way less um, bull rushes of, of Stanley ending up in Lamar's lap. So that's always positive. There was definitely still some of them. Um, I also saw they, they kind of gave Bosa the, the Donald treat or, yeah, Donald treatment couple of times he was um double teamed with a with a tight end chipping as well so they they were definitely determined not to let him ruin the game um but i think yeah this o-line did just enough today i wouldn't i wouldn't give him a gold star for it but it's uh you know it's definitely been was better than the last couple of weeks and i think it it it's always helped out by lamar and his um running ability yeah I, I I love it, man. It makes me happy that, uh, you know, the line probably is what it is at this point, but it looks like we have some ways to mitigate against some of the best, you know, pass rushers that there are. So I guess we'll take it, you know. <laughs> There's always going to be a, a chink in the armor, and that left side of the line is always going to have their problems. McCary hopefully isn't hurt too bad. Sounds like, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a – a bad injury there, but I was glad that, you know, Stanley was able to come in and, you know, keep up the play and not, um, you know, that's kind of why we have that procedure we're doing right now of the two guys, uh, Falele again, some more snaps. I think it's great for his development. Um, and yeah, I think, I think upgrading Simpson in the off season is a priority. Uh, obviously it's really hard to do much allegedly with the cap situation, but I think that they can figure it out. Um, and, Hopefully, uh, we'll see, you know, if, if Cleveland plays, uh, you know, better ends up replacing Zeitler, if he goes in free agency, et cetera, you know, there's gonna be a lot of turnover on the line. That's for sure. You know, there's everyone, every year there's a consistency metric of returning linemen and, uh, we're definitely gonna have an upheaval, it seems. So it's time for us to start figuring out those pieces. Um, obviously, I guess like, you know, for the future, but enjoy what we have right now. Wanna roll into MVPs? Yeah, I was gonna say at this point, let's uh let's go into MVPs. Kevin, who you got? As uh our fill in correspondent, 
I don't want to take the uh, the easy one um, of uh, of Lamar. So I'm trying to think of uh, someone else, and I I don't want to do Hamilton. Just kind of feels easy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put Marlowe MVP. I think you saw his comeback to to CV one status. He had an outstanding game. The the one Hamilton interception was because Marlowe was playing defense for like 10 seconds and he was right there in the hip of whatever wide receiver it was. I think he had a great game. He got a interception for being in the right place. Um, the only thing I would critique was the, the lack of tackling on Debo on those two hard hits. Um, but yeah, I think it was a great game for him and, and, and just trying to go away from the, the obvious ones. So that's my pick. I got to go Lamar. Uh, I feel like you mentioned all of them right there. Uh, K fish. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I could maybe say Zay, but um, honestly, I, I feel like it's Lamar. Um, talk about it a lot. Yeah. Niners just had no answer for his ability to extend plays and his elusiveness is second to none. Um, yeah. I mean, he just, I mean, he played great. Um, definitely one of his, uh, best games this year and i i feel attacked by kevin because <laughs> i was gonna go hamilton you know i'm in the bag for him but uh I, I think the thing is with hamilton right he has two huge interceptions great plays at the line of scrimmage and made us all gasp when he got injured but it seems like he might have escaped anything serious and to me there's probably only two players other than hamilton that i'm most scared about losing at this point um, so, and he might not be, and he honestly might be number two. So I think that means a lot, you know, and that, that's why he needs to be, uh, MVP, particularly with the level of game he had, you know, gotta appreciate it. Gotta respect it. So Hamilton, you got my MVP. And like we mentioned, you know, later in the week, we'll be talking about that Miami game at home, one o'clock wasn't flexed. That's fine by me. Let's get, uh, this game, like take our lunch pail, so to speak, normal one o'clock game and uh smash them finish what we couldn't do last time you know we had a great game uh, until it wasn't the second game of the season last year and uh this time we gotta we gotta finish and i hope we do i can't wait to be with you guys enjoying the game and uh let's hope we can get that dub but until then you can interact with us on twitter on winning pod email us one pod at gmail.com or even hit us up on threads we'll see you there go ravens <laughs>